Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Welcome back, Rugby Pick'em fans. I'm BT. I'm Uncle Johnny. And we're back with a Rugby Pick'em after a long wait from the San Francisco Chronicles. We've had a lot of sevens, and last week saw the Bulldogs and the San Diego Surfers win the club national sevens out in New York. Johnny, what'd you think? Well, Bulldog, under Steve Lewis's command, they were pretty clinical. They were missing some guys, actually, that were deferred toward uh, the collegiate All-American side. So we didn't kind of know what to expect, but they delivered. They, they showed up exactly when it counted. And I'll tell you one thing that Harpo noticed right off the bat is they kept their feet. They kept their feet. They kept the ball playing. They were patient, but they backed themselves when they had the opportunity. You can't really lay down and take a rest in sevens. Um, it's one of those games. And to quote Steve Lewis himself, uh, rugby sevens is a cruel mistress. Uh, it's like heartbreaking. It's mentally anguishing. Uh, I was out there in New York with the Denver Barbarians, and we had a strange weekend. We went 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the first day, advanced out of our pool, Proceeded to win our quarterfinal and then dropped the final two games of the weekend, finishing two, three, and one. Uh, I think the team definitely walked away feeling like we didn't play as best as we could. But like you said, Bulldog was clinical. We had been playing them all summer, and Bulldog deserved to win that tournament. They were the best team on the weekend and the best team on the day. And and, the, and honestly, the Surfers were the best team in the tournament on the women's side for sure. I think they, uh, you know, they had the lineup, but they. Just like any anything in sevens, they showed up when they had to, and they played together, like cohesive rugby. Are we going to see any of those uh, surfers representing for the Lady Eagles in uh, the future tests? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, they got a they have a stacked lineup there. There was a lot of uh, uh, density at the top of the I'd say the top four clubs on the men's and the women's side. Uh, so it was a really good. It was a really good show. The weather looked like crap, though. Yeah, it rain delays on the first day, but it really opened up and got hot the second day, of course, when, um, you know, you're, you're I, tired. Didn't, I didn't get taken off the field and, you know, teams start missing tackles. It's a strange feeling, like the feeling of making or missing a tackle, That's it's so isolating. You're out there, everyone's staring at you, and, you know, I missed one or two in the semi against Belmont, and it really feels like shit. You want to throw a hissy fit, you want to punch a wall, but you realize you're still in the middle of a game, and... Uh, it's one of those mental battles, physical battles, but uh, Cruel Mistress Rugby Sevens can't get enough. I did see our good friend. Uh, they say don't meet your heroes, but I'm, I'm starting to like this guy every time I see him. Matt McCarthy. If you've never listened to the rugby wrap-up, you want a real rugby show with timely rugby news. Here at Rugby Pick'em, we uh, drag our feet a bit. Is that the term? I don't know. We're talking about old news now, but I saw Matt McCarthy Uh, out at the bar after the game and I was telling him how not long ago I was the youngest on tour uh, in 2013 and this year I happen to be the oldest on tour uh, just five years later at age 28 and he immediately quoted Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw he said we don't stop playing because we grow old we grow old because we stop playing so if you're out there keep playing or you will grow old wise words from the sensei check out rugby wrap-up it's good Good show. show. Good show. Good show. The rugby championship, though, Johnny, is our favorite competition, I would say, in professional rugby. It's certainly the highest standard. So the reigning top four teams from 2015 World Cup 
New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and Argentina. If that's uh, any in- indication. You know, and they play they play a really always an exciting brand of rugby. So we got our first taste uh, this past weekend with South Africa hosting Argentina and Australia hosting New Zealand. And John, before you go into the scores, here's kind of the breakdown of the records since 2012, since Argentina joined those tri-nations. Argentina's struggling, three wins, 29 losses. South Africa and Australia are right around 500, um, with Australia a slight advantage at 15, 3, and 15. New Zealand is an astounding 91 win percentage, 30 wins, one draw, and two losses since 2012 when competing in the rugby championship. That is absurd. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable dominance against the best rugby comp there is out there. Yeah, consistency, you know, shows. And, you know, when they were down, under (laughs) under the pump. If by down you mean, like, losing a... Rugby World Cup semifinal. Still, like, an unbelievable goal for some countries, but the standard in New Zealand is, like, we win yeah, everything. Yeah, they, they stick with it. They're patient when they're down, and they were early to Australia in this in this match uh, from early Saturday morning here, our time. Uh, and Australia really didn't take. I think one of the commentators noticed uh, early on that New Zealand were making mistakes uncharacteristically, and, and Australia needed to take out take tries and, and, and take some more points that were on offer uh, early on if they were going to, you know, have a chance of holding on. Yeah, Australia um, blows a halftime. Well, it wasn't a halftime lead. It was 6-5 New Zealand, but uh, they got pumped in the second half. The final ended up being 38-13. to The Kiwis winning on foreign soil in Sydney. Uh, and the second game went much of the same way. Uh, the South Africans started the scoring, but Argentina was right there in the first half playing with them. Um, got a score under the posts early, which is always, you know, especially when you let an easy one up like South Africa did there. Um, it's tough, but South Africa ends up clawing back in the second half. Resiliency really wore them down, uh, winning 34-21. to 21. What did you see at the Springboks, and what do you think they need to improve to actually knock New Zealand off? Yeah, they need some more chemistry I think in time together they they have some absolute stud rugby players and athletes Deontay is a try scoring freak and he can chip kick to himself too he, he's pretty well rounded wing and there's a reason he I think he tied for the most tries in this super rugby season for the playing for the Lions and another Lion Malcolm Marks I would say right now in form the best hooker in, in the world my boy Dan Coles. When's the last time he's played? <laughs> in form right now? <coughs> You're right. He's it, not even, under those clarifying Dan Coles terms. hasn't played in like two years. I know. The poor guy's got head knocks and concussions, which is the worst thing to have um, in a contact sport. Uh, his straight line speed's unbelievable. Guess I haven't really seen the Malcolm Marks tape as much as I should. Oh, my gosh. Dude, you, as a flanker, you'd love him too. He, he's a poaching machine. He poaches... As much, if not more, than an open side flanker from the hooker position. Well, if Zach Finoglio can play flanker and hooker, then uh, Malcolm Marks probably can do that for the spring box as well. Freak. Johnny, back to the New Zealand game. Um, one of the big boys in the middle, the longtime locking pair of Brody Retallick and Sam Whitelock. Brody Retallick had a nice dummy um, try, not under the post, but in a breakaway moment. And uh, Steve Hansen answered a question about him with a pretty interesting nickname in the postgame. 
Yeah, look, I think the biggest compliment you can give Brody is that um, he plays with a with another guy who's a really special player, and Sam Whitelock. Um, to play 100 test matches for your country, you've got to be special. Uh, you're a generation type player. You know, there's only eight people now that have done that. Uh, yet game after game, uh, people talk about Brody and cast that shadow over Sammy a bit, and I, I think that's that's not a, a um, reflection on how good Sammy is. It's actually a reflection on how good uh, Guzzler is, and uh, you know, I mean. He's got everything, hasn't he? He's got a bit of mongrel, he's got uh, set-piece qualities, he's, he can carry the ball, a great defender. So, um, yeah, they make a great blocking combination and uh, they push each other. The guzzler. Johnny, is this the best locking combination of all time in Sam Whitelock and Brody Retallick? Now you're going way back and you're going to have people come out of the woodwork and, and point out, probably some class outfits from back in the day so the way they're playing right now you probably wouldn't have said this a year ago but in form right now i they're absolutely unbelievable they they easily could be the best lock combination ever it's a high impact position lock you're just taking a lot of pressure on your joints every time you scrum down and like uh hansen said white locks coming up on 100 caps um or he may already have it <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know the exact stat we'll cut that so and going, it's it's kind of like Hanson's quote, right? So, Sammy Whitelock has its hundredth cap in Saturday's game, becomes the most cap lock ever in New Zealand history. And old Guzzler puts every, one on. And everyone's talking about Guzzler. It's great. And yeah. They're 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 very uh, good compliments to each other too. So the four and five position is a few. You know, not a lot of people know that they're they're very distinct positions. They have unique uh skill sets that that you look for between your four and your five the open field skills versus the the set piece skills but they complement each other fantastic yeah if you disagree and have a better locking combination call 970-645-6222 and leave a voicemail people we need voicemails let's get the mlr banter going back again school's back in session now johnny was out friday night at Infinity Park to watch the All-Americans defeat the Glendale Raptors. What did you think of that game? Yeah, I, I tell you what, a lot of people um, were surprised. I mean, I was I was surprised at like how dominant and consistently dominant the All-Americans were throughout the game and how well they played together. You know, they're they're they weren't in camp for very long together and there's there was 100 people called into camp originally and it's they kind of whittle it down to, you know, who's going to start and play in this game, who's going to be the first team, second team All-Americans. They, they've named those those gents, but it was really impressive to see how well they played within the structure that they had been set up. It wasn't a complicated game plan, and there was a bunch of studs that just stepped up, and they went after it. Glendale looked shocked. They were – it was it was honestly – a lot of people said, oh, yeah, well, it's Glendale's B-side. No, it was it was easily half of their starters, their MLR starters that were playing, at least half, and they got pumped. Yeah. So you're... It was great to see the kids go at it. But you're telling me that the uh, week-long camp was structured like American Idol, slowly <laughs> whittling people down? Did well, they give roses instead of caps on right. the final day? I'm sure they did. Yeah. And if I was going to give roses, I'd tell you what uh, – the two wings, they had plenty of playing 
uh, going on. Harley Wheeler and Dion Mixell, uh, they were awesome. They were awesome on the day. And Duncan Van Skokwick from Life University at number 10 really marshaled things uh, quite well. He could he could be coming up uh, in the ranks pretty quickly. Well, uh, Harley Wheeler was part of that Bulldog team, um, so he's having a pretty good month of August. And he's probably going to get another chance next week at the, well, it once was called the Serevi Rugby Town Sevens. So in my mind, it will always still be that. Um, Rugby Town Sevens, always in late August. It's a really good three-day tournament um, featuring these teams. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, lots of rugby to watch at Glendale Infinity Park. Pool A is always uh, a tournament within the tournament. It's the Armed Forces pool and they have a tournament amongst themselves for hardware bragging rights uh, a lot of trash talking going on between uh the branches of the armed forces so you know obviously you have air force army navy coast guard and the marines with uh lately army being quite dominant they've got some really good players on their team expect them to be good again this year cody melfi is playing for him i played with cody early in the summer guys a stud in pool b i'm going to be playing with the denver seven selects that's going to feature a lot of denver barbos as well and other people who have been playing in the frontier region it's also going to feature bermuda the collegiate all-americans probably harley wheeler guys on fire the Sacramento Eagles, and the Washington Athletic Club. That should be a winnable pool for Denver Sevens with Collegiate All-Americans looking like the the other contender in that pool, I'd say. Pool C, Dark and Stormy Misfits, uh, Loma Viti Rugby Club USA, Royal Armored Corps, and SoCal Griffins with Tiger Rugby. Uh, Tiger looks pretty stacked. Uh, they've got a good... Um, they're, they're pulling in a bunch of good talent, uh, some longtime Tiger guys and some new guys as well. Um, so look for them to do well. Dark and Stormy has, has some decent names, but they're uh, coming in for their first showing uh, at, at this level. So we'll see how they can they can stack up. Usually some good talent on that SoCal Griffins team as well. Uh, L.A. or San Diego boys looking to get a run are usually on that team. And in Pool D, uh, the British Army always plays very competitively. Cayman Islands, Tsunami Sports, Barbarians, the Ramblin' Jesters, and the USA Falcons. Expect some people who have already been capped with Mike Friday's Eagles to be playing in that Pool D. It's a really exciting tournament. I mean, when they say you're playing rugby every second of every day, I mean, this thing starts at like Friday early afternoon. Uh, I'm going to be rushing to get out of work to make my game Friday. So get there. There's a beer fest going on Saturday, and uh, it's a really good time. It's a great tournament. Uh, and, again, it's all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, plenty of rugby to watch. And the weather looks nice, uh, High mid to high 80s. Yeah, you're not a meteorologist. Don't don't try and predict a week away from today. Hey, it's happening, man. It's hey, Johnny, happening. you got any good rugby jokes? <laughs> uh what do you call uh, two Tongans that rolled off the couch? I don't know. Two full off a sofa. All right, folks. Rugby's back in session. MLR is going to get started. Call our voicemail line, 970-645-6222. There's going to be more rugby pick bios coming this fall. And uh, this has been Rugby pick Keep your boots on the ground. A little heavy. Pick him!
Good. Good show. show. Good show. Good show. Point out probably some class outfits from back in the day, but I tell you what, the way they're playing right now, you wouldn't. Oh, come on in the studio, these damn autoplay ads. on the ground. Pick them! That'll be good for the outtakes. That was a good cut. Um, so he's having a pretty good month of April, and he's probably going to get a August. Hey, it's happening, man.